Good morning, family of families. I was not actually expecting that, but thank you for that. Uh, I, I say this jokingly, but whenever a lead pastor at a church conveniently takes a Sunday off for vacation on a holiday weekend, I like to call this, self-proclaim this as Youth Pastor Awareness Sunday. So welcome. My name is Zach. I am the student ministry pastor here. And as you can tell, Pastor Mark is not here. I'm so glad that he is able to take some vacation time, some well-deserved vacation time. I'm also super thankful of the continued trust that he gives me and that you give me as your student ministry and residency pastor here. And man, do I have a heavy shoulder to hold today because these last few weeks, Pastor Mark has been really leading us in some very difficult conversations. And so when I learned that I'd be taking the message after these two difficult conversations, I'm like, yay. Because in week one, we talked about this idea of human sexuality and how does that relate to the kingdom. And if you haven't heard that message, uh, this is a great plug, especially to my online audience, that we have a podcast, we have the Church Center app, we have YouTube, Facebook. You can go back and re-listen to those messages. And if you haven't heard it, that would be a really good one. And here's another message. It was last week. He hit the controversial, the tough topic of kingdom politics. Made us a little bit uneasy, but I, I appreciate that this is one of the core values that we hold, that we center on the word. Amen? And so I am so thankful for a lead pastor that's willing to navigate in this. So today, my goal is to talk about kingdom community. That community matters because we are God's method. If you wanted to know where I'm going, there it is. I just spoiled it for you. That you are God's method. And that all leads into Acts Chapter 2. In fact, if you've got a Bible, I'm always super happy to see you turn to the Bible with me. Please turn to Acts chapter 2. You've got the blue Bibles in front of you. You can pull out your phone. I'm super okay with that too. Pull out that Bible app. Those online, I want you to engage with me too. I am so thankful when we get to break into the Word together. So as you go through Acts chapter 2, I want to just give some quick history that will lead us into Acts chapter 2. There's that gospel story. The gospel consists of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's the, the story of Jesus' birth, ministry, persecution, death, resurrection, and the later ascension up to heaven. But out of the four gospels that, that tell the story of Jesus, it is the gospel of Luke that's super fascinating to me is because he continues the story after the resurrection. In fact, he goes into, he's the author of the book of Acts, and he starts out with Jesus interacting with his disciples. You may remember this, Acts chapter 1, verses 8. It says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witness in Jerusalem, in all of Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And after he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. This is what I call the mic drop moment. It's interesting that there are over 28 chapters in the book of Acts, and the author Luke starts the entire book with the main guy himself, 
Jesus Christ, the man that died on the cross for our sins, the guy that resurrected, he starts out chapter 1 with a mic drop, peace, see you later. Picture for me. Imagine yourself as one of the 11 disciples remaining there. You've spent your years following Jesus. You've had some doubts along the way, but you sold your possessions. You sold everything. You were sold out for this. Then he dies, and there's that three days of like, I don't know what's going to happen, guys. We're definitely in trouble. And then there's that resurrection that takes place, and like, things are good again. He proved Death has no hold over him, and so everything's fine. And then he decides to ascend up to heaven. Great. Now what? He tells us to wait. So in the meantime of waiting, they get the apostles together, and they, they have to fill in a vacant spot because somebody, Judas that they had to fill in a little bit. And that leads into what we call Pentecost. That leads to Acts chapter 2, and this is where we're going to be spending a majority of our time today. Acts chapter 2 is broken up in three sections. Before the sermon, during the sermon, and after the sermon. We're going to spend a majority of our time at the after part, but I do need to give some context for the, the previous part and how that relates to kingdom community but we have to recognize here that this chapter is so pivotal that if the Holy Spirit doesn't descend, there is no book of Acts. If the Holy Spirit doesn't descend, there is, my hot take, no book of Romans, First and Second Corinthians, and so on. That the book of Acts chapter 2 is built on this moment right here. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw that they seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enables them. Again, let's play some imagination here for a second. Something powerful happened. Something unexplained happened. Can you picture yourself in this? Because this isn't a good bedtime story. This is historical facts that happened. That the Holy Spirit descends upon a group of people. They were called to experience something powerful. And a little bit as a side rabbit trail, I had to edit this part out because of the message. I need to make sure that I'm, I'm fit within the constraint time here. But I think there are times, I'm, I'm going to say a really bold claim here, that we may, as a collective group, including myself, a collective group, that we may undervalue or misunderstand what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit is more than just a conviction meter. There is real a power and authority. There is an office of the part of the Trinity that the Holy Spirit resides in. And in this moment, Acts chapter 2, we cannot and should not minimize the Holy Spirit's role. Peter jumps onto this. He recognizes something's happening, and he starts addressing the crowd. And what I really like about this 
because I think I'm going to take a little bit of the Pastor Zach translation here. I, if I'm interpreting this right, I think Peter's a little sarcastic. There are times there's some cynicism, sarcasm, and if you've been around me, well, he speaks my love language, sar- scar- sarcasm to its best. In fact, there was somebody that was saying, look at these group of people worshiping. In verse 15, they said that, look, they, they look like they're drunk. Maybe they are drunk. And Peter's like, no, no. They're not drunk. By the way, it's far too early in the morning at 9 a.m. for them to be drunk. And that little sarcasm that he gives, I'm like, thank you, Peter. You speak to people like me. But he continues on. He says this in Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of the Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. But our main focus today is not what happened before Pentecost, not what happened during Pentecost. It's what happened after Pentecost. I've given you some time. We're going to be focusing on Acts chapter 2, starting in verse 42. Here we go. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. Verse 44, all the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods, and they gave anyone Uh, gave anyone who had needs. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their numbers daily those who were being saved. I don't know if you caught it like I did when I read that passage again. There's a common word. Go ahead. Look through that scripture again as I'm talking. What's the common word that continuously pops up? That word that unites a church, a word that unites the Christian believing, it's this one simple word called together. It's repeated multiple times. And if we understand ancient Greek, when words are repeated, it's not because they lacked words. Oh, they have much more words than we can comprehend in the English language. But when they repeat words, it emphasizes importance. The idea of together held importance. In the very beginning of Christianity, we see that modeled by the very first believers. Jesus called on his disciples, and they followed him together. It's amazing, 2,000 plus years later, that we live in a social media world where being connected with so many people is so convenient. It's the easiest to know so many people at once. I know what my friend from Ohio ate for lunch yesterday. Yay! (laughs) But in 2,000 plus years, this generation, this decade, is the most loneliest generations and decade we've ever experienced in humanity. How is it that we're the most connected group of people, but yet the most loneliest group of people? Somewhere along the line, we've just lost that connectivity. 
God has called his people into community. In the scriptures, he called his tribes into community. He called his disciples into community. And then in Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit descends upon the congregation, he is calling the newly formed church into community. I'm going to write something, write this one down. Kingdom, community matters. Kingdom, community matters. We were never meant to do faith alone because kingdom, community matters. So I've got a hot take for you here. Here's the deal. When we're talking about community, I think there's two different realms of community. But catch this phrase as I stumbled upon in my research. You can have community without Christ. What? You can have community without Christ. And maybe you're a part of those communities where faith never really comes up. It's not important. It just, you do your Sunday, you move on. Maybe that's the world that you live in. You could have community without Christ. However, you can't exhibit Christ-likeness without community. We were never meant to do faith alone. So we're going to talk about our radiuses. I think there are two different types of communities that we need to focus on that exhibit ideas from Acts chapter 2 here. If we're talking about a target bullseye situation here, I want to talk about the outer ring first. And then we'll bring it down closer and closer together of why kingdom community matters. And with radius number one, the furthest one is that within our reach, our local church. Back to Acts chapter 2, verse 42. Let me read this. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe of the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. In the Old Testament, it's actually super convenient timing here because you'll start seeing these phrases come Christmas season by the way spoiler alert Christmas is upon us if you haven't gotten that wake up call yet Christmas is upon us and you're going to start seeing words like Emmanuel God with us and before Pentecost God had interacted with his people and then after Pentecost God lived in them During Jesus' ministry, the disciples served him. After the coming of the Holy Spirit, Jesus' servants became the means of which Jesus served the world. Our community matters. Our local church matters. The church is the hope of the world. Amen? I'm not sure if you caught that. I'm not sure if you're really grasping like I'm grasping right now, that the church is the hope of the world. Amen? Amen. And if it's the hope of the world, when we want this community to be so contagious and zeal and passion for Christ's love, and so when we say that we're a family of families, we intercede for one another. We, we love one another. We're on mission with one another. The, the hope of the world does not live in a one-hour time box. When we are the hope of the world, it lives when we're devoted to each other in teaching. It lives when we're devoted to one another in fellowship. 
It lives when we're devoted to ourselves and to communion, when we're devoted into prayer and devoted into community. The local church holds so much weight, and I know a majority, if not all of you, in here and online recognize the weight that the local church holds, because if that if wasn't the case, you wouldn't be here. The local church holds value because in the end, the parts are many, but we are one body of Christ. We are God's method. God is using you. God is using me. God is using us to be the body of Christ because we are the hope of the world inspired by the Holy Spirit, led by the ministry and the life of Jesus and created because of our Father. Three in one. And I got a, I got a little sidetrack here. If you are a new believer or you are still wrestling with God and you're just trying to understand this whole church thing, I'm so glad that you're here. I'm so glad that you're wrestling with God. There is no safer place to wrestle with God than here. Because when you're wrestling with God, you are with God. It's only when you walk away from God that you are away from God. So we welcome your questions. We welcome your wrestling. Be involved in the local church. That's why our connection card that we talk about every single Sunday morning, it holds so much importance. It's not a checklist for us. It's an opportunity to intercede for you, maybe an opportunity for you to be a part of the body of Christ. So we've talked about this radius. The apostles found value in worshiping, found value in teaching and fellowship and community, being a part of the local body. Now let's bring that radius a little bit smaller. And let's talk about amongst others. And that's the community outside of this community. It's super easy to be selling the news of being involved in the local church. But we are also called to not be of the world, we're called to engage with it. We're not called to be of the world, but we are certainly called to engage in it. Let's continue reading on. You still with me with Acts chapter 2, verse 45? It says this, They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes, and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts. They took the idea of together and it took it outside the temple courts. All of chapter 2 is them experiencing something powerful. Everything after chapter 2 is everything they experienced and taking the gospel outside of the four walls of the church. I got a personal story for you. I arrived here at Limwood in 2016, yes, I know I'm old, and B, you can hold your applause, I know I'm awesome. I arrived here in 2016, and my wife and I, we've been in years in ministry together. We were looking for a church home who would empower us, who would equip us, and who would embrace us. And yeah, I remember those days. I remember showing here on a Sunday morning, and we had our beautiful emerald green carpet. I remember when a Sunday morning, and it happened to rain, so would it rain in here? 
and not by the doing of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Thank you up there at the rooftops. But this place instantly became home for us. When we got here and we started doing ministry, it was super easy as a pastor to tell students and to tell congregation members to live the Great Commission only for me to reside in my own office and not do that. It was super easy and convenient for me to say, yes, be the Great Commission. Go and make disciples. Go and connect with people. Go and share the gospel. And then I would retreat back to my office and prepare for the next week, prepare for the next thing that we need. I was lacking in myself living the Great Commission. One of the things I value, you probably wouldn't notice, it's not very evident. Uh, I like working out. I like the, the physical exercise that it takes. And I had a membership to the fine, prestigious Planet Fitness. Cheap, amazing prices, whatever. But I would do the same things over and over again. I'd put my headphones in, I'd work out, I'd leave. I'd put my headphones in, I'd work out, and I'd leave. Very long story short, I decided to enroll myself into a community workout group called CrossFit. I mean, I jokingly say this, but it's a, it's a group of people who pay a hefty membership price only to endure hardship, painful workouts every single... I pay a membership fee for this stuff. That's gross. But what I learned is that when I was in a community like that, I was working alongside people every single day. We had one-hour classes. You'd come in for that hour. You work. You have the same workout together. You do it together. We build community, and that brought trust. That brought value amongst all things. Our goal while we're working out is to not die and puke all over the floor. Our goal really was to be better athletes. But what I then began to realize for myself I was no longer just Pastor Zach here at Limwood. I got to be Zach. And I got to live the Great Commission outside the four walls of this church. I got to have opportunities of community that is outside of here. I'm intentional with my workouts now. I'm still terrible. If you ever watch me work out, still dead last, still not amazing. But I'm intentional with the community that we have. What would happen if you were intentional, if we were intentional with the community that we're in, the sphere of influences that you have? Because each and every one of you, in person and online, have a unique sphere of influence. That could be at work. It could be at your apartment complex. It could be your neighborhood. You have a sphere of influence that a majority of us, if not all of us, will not reach. Who is your community that you can be the light of the world? Who is your community that you can uniquely engage with? Because in Acts chapter 2, the apostles were not just firmed on teaching within the church. Oh no, they continued and they moved outside the church. Kingdom, community matters. They did something. They didn't hold back anymore. The community existed both within and outside the church. Their community was sought after. It was authentic. It was on mission. 
I typically don't do this, but I'm going to do it anyway. I'm currently reading a book. I haven't finished reading this book. The book is called The Gather and Scattered Church. And as I was just reading this book uh, on my free time, I came across this section here that I thought, man, I have to share this. They talked about this idea of when church planting happens, it takes two years for people to belong, but maybe more importantly, to have ownership, to find equal partnership from the congregation to the leadership and the leadership to the congregation. That friendships take two years to start holding down weight. Here's what they wrote. No matter where you live in the world, people intuitively know that friends and street cred take time. And there seems to be a general rule that a couple years are needed before you'll belong with people and you'll belong and they'll belong with you. Where is your community? Could you just take a moment and ponder that? Because we have our family of families, and I'm so thankful for this church. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for people like you. I'm so thankful for this church and the amazing things that we do that is on mission and vision of who we are and how we're living Acts chapter 2. But who is your community? Who is your sphere of influence that you can bring kingdom community And how are you pointing them to the body? Now, I want to be very clear what I say when I say the word the body. I didn't say how are you sending people to Linwood Wesleyan Church. Although, yes, I agree, this is an amazing church and we want people to see here. There are also other amazing churches in Sioux Falls. We need to celebrate when somebody walks into the church that is not Linwood, that's a win for the kingdom. The body of Christ matters. Sioux Falls, we've got to come together And Sioux Falls as it is in heaven. The body matters. The kingdom matters. Why does all this matter? Because you are God's method. We are God's method. I like that he's uniquely and wonderfully made you in the image of him. There is no one like you. And thank goodness there's only one Zach. I don't know if we can handle two Zachs. But because we are God's method, and because we believe in Acts chapter 2, there was chapter 3 and on, and how they took the gospel out. And so maybe you're sitting here today, and we're talking about our radius and bullseye here, and you look at the church And you're you're sitting here thinking, I don't feel like I do belong. I want to tell you that sometimes we mess up. We are broken people. But we are people that follow our Heavenly Father. We are people that are focused on the cross. And so if you're here today and you don't feel like you belong, you don't feel like you're part of this church... Man, this is our opportunity to step in and say, how can we help? 
How can we help you get involved in the local church? How can we help you get involved and tap into what God has given you? And for some of you, maybe that's attending that next steps class, making us aware and recognize how do we just get you involved in the church? How do we just get you to help bridge that gap? Because when we're all in this together, the kingdom wins. And maybe you're sitting here today, actually, I'm pretty good involved in the church, but I don't know if I've actually been exemplifying or utilizing the sphere of influence I hold within my community at work or in my neighborhood. Would you begin praying about that? Would you begin praying for that one person that you can play the long game with? That one person that you're not just going to throw seeds and you hope that they become a Christ follower by the end of the day, but you will begin to pray to throw seeds and you just invest in them and you just invest in them and you just love on them and you care for them and you show them the hands and feet of Jesus himself because we are the local church and we are the hope of the world because kingdom Community matters. It's interesting because in Acts chapter 2, they talked about the importance of breaking bread. And when we do communion, we do a very good job of explaining what we are wanting from communion. And when we do communion, we talk about what this holds and what this means. But the best part about communion is that we do it together as a corporate worship. Together. When we take the elements, it's not just bread and we just, okay, we go through the motions. And it's not just a cup because we go through the motions. They symbolically hold meaning to us. Because on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he said, take and eat. This is my body broken for you. And when he said those words, I wonder the disciples fully understood what was happening. But we know what's happening. That the body, Christ himself, died on the cross. Even amongst community, when they were confused, they submitted and followed. And then they took the cup. This is the cup of the new covenant. The old is gone, the new is here. But do this in remembrance of me. That because of the new covenant, the Old Testament holds weight, but we're led by the new testament, the new covenant. The redemption of the cross. The only reason why we gather every single Sunday you matter to God, and so you matter to us. This morning, ushers, would you please come forward? We're going to partake in community, uh, communion together. We're going to partake in communion as a community. And I've asked people to come forward. Because as a family of families... It doesn't matter if you're a family of one or a family of 50. You belong here. And you matter to God. When we partake in communion, we just ask for a couple requests. One, the, the altar, the door is open. 
for anyone that professes in the name of Jesus, you don't need to be a member of our church, you don't need to be a name on a list, that this is for you. And when you do come up, you can grab a piece of bread, rip that off, and grab a cup and hold on to the elements. Hold on to those elements. If you're gluten-free, we've got gluten-free options over here. And if you just need one that has the sealed bread in the cup, we've got that too. Don't be ashamed to take one of those. But the communion table's open. And we get to worship together, not through just word, not just through communion, not through just music, but we get to worship in community. Will you worship with me? Will you come forward now and celebrate?